and we're live on the cool down. And this is a show for everybody listening out there that we do just internally with uh, our friends. And we just kind of make it a little more casual conversation with anything that's you know coming up in our lives. And today, who's here today? I'm here. It's Shawnee. Gloria's here, the coach. Ty Starkovich is here. You got Nick Bryant, the Black Stallion. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say the Black Stallion? Black Stallion, I like that. I like that. (laughs) That was a bad joke in there somewhere about, like, do we ride him then? (laughs) I'm not even going to go there. We're going to keep it PG. (laughs) (laughs) PG. So, yeah, keeping it PG, uh, we got into the topic of talking about being disconnected. And I think what we kind of came to is like emotionally disconnected. Uh, Anybody want to dive in? I'll jump in. You came in um, off a a weekend with your your sister getting married, right? And you went through a lot this weekend. Well, I don't think it was the weekend that was a lot. I think it was just uh, a symptom of like a long year. Okay. I think it's more of a long-term for me, it's more of a long-term thing than it is a short-term thing. Right, but it's all coming up. Stuff's coming up, and you're human. So let's talk about just feeling, you know, what you're going through. Disconnected, uh, you're Yeah, I mean, I've been angry. I just feel like I got to this, like, place in life where I started feeling less connected, less uh, me, if that makes sense. But, uh, you know, kind of you know, just through the process of, you know, going, if you, uh, what, how would I describe it? It's, what I did was basically, you know, stop having repressed, you know, shit I was going through just to like make progress. Mm. And I think that's a very human experience. I think we all do that is we, you know, push things aside because we're trying to make progress. And we feel like if we, you know, took the time to, you know, experience every thought or feeling that we wouldn't be making progress. And I think sometimes that's true. I think sometimes there is this uh, necessity to ignore your feelings or your emotions for a time. But I think it's, you know, the. I guess my question would be to anyone here is what's the... What's the timeline? Because it's like eventually it's all going to come back around or it's all going to build. So you have to have a, a game plan in a more of like a long-term sense rather than a short-term sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah I, I definitely understand you. Yeah, to me, the way that I, s- you know, I see it too is sometimes, like you said, we either ignore it or we block it. We do whatever we can to just continue on so we can keep moving forward. But what we're really doing is we're actually standing still. If you really take a look into it, because what's what happened, we just froze up all those emotions. And so now they're, they're, they're not cultivating, they're not moving forward, you're not releasing them out because you're focusing in on whatever other areas that you're trying to go ahead and push forward because they become the priority and we start losing 
the identity of ourselves and internalizing and we have to fix our inner selves in order to be able to see what's going on and deal with the reasons why we're blocking, why we're ignoring, so that then we can move forward and then be able to carry on to the next step. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it makes sense. But uh, what you feel here is is something which is awesome. But also, too, you know, you got to look back in time and go, what happened to you as a kid? Were you repressed or did you hold back your feelings? And I know when you got to military school, I bet you couldn't um, expand on those either. You were probably told to shut up and just get your job done. Well, I mean, military school is like you don't. You, you typically the thing that happens in military school is people just start crying themselves to sleep. Mm. Um, like that's very common, especially like kids who just got there, like homesick. Mm. Like most kids cry themselves to sleep at night. Like Ugh. you don't realize it, but most that kids are, my heart. Yeah, and you you adapt to the environment eventually. Then you, like it stops being a thing. But uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess I guess no one here really was sent away to school at thirteen. But uh, it's a it's a more challenging experience than you know let's say leaving for college, mm. uh, just because you're younger and you have less life experience, and then you're thrown into a you know new environment and you have to adapt. Uh, so you know, military school is you know kind of a crazy environment to get thrown into, but it's a it's a combination of. Uh, you know, leaving home for the first time and also being in a strange environment where people are, you know, yelling at you. But uh, you, know, it is like the human experience to adapt, right? But I explain your day there. What goes on? You wake up at a certain time. You go to bed at a certain time. What's your day like in the military school? Uh, I mean, typically you are up at five forty-five and out the door. You know, within the first five to ten minutes of your day. I mean, you wake up to the sound of a bugle. Uh, if you've ever heard the Reveille, in, I'm not, I know Ty knows about this. Mm -hmm. You guys woke up to Reveille? Yeah, they play Reveille on the bases, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, you're, you're starting your day to like a really, really obnoxious bugle through the loudspeakers. Uh, I mean, it's very abrupt. It's not, it's not like you're waking up and like rolling out of bed and wiping your eyes and you're, you know, you're up and, you know, throw on your clothes and get outside because we're going for a run. Uh, I mean, so, you know, everything is regimented. You're, you know, out in formation within the first like five or ten minutes of your day. And then you like literally you march into like physical training, like the whole battalion does uh, work out together. And then every uh, every company goes for a run. And so then it'll just depend on, you know, what your own company is doing in terms of run. But you get back, you go straight to breakfast and then you go from breakfast, you come back and you have to clean your room. Uh, usually we'd cheat and like never sleep under the covers. That way you can just like tighten your bed. And yeah, uh, everyone used to sleep on sleeping bags on top of the bed so that you didn't have to make your bed every day. You just- They work uh, smarter, not harder. Exactly. So you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't tighten, you wouldn't have, because if you slept under the covers, you had to make the whole bed. Which is a pain in the ass. If you've never made like a military style bed, Ty, have you, 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 did you guys have to make your beds? 
Oh, definitely with hospital corners oh, yeah. and all that. Oh, yeah. So stuff. tell me, tell me why it's a pain in the ass. It is. Yeah. And, and we did the same thing. Some of us did the same thing. You'd get it really tight. And if you sit on it once, it's done. Yeah. So yeah, I, I usually slept under my bunk. Like I would get up early and uh, kind of tighten up my bed a little bit because I slept on top of it. And then I'd go underneath my bunk and use my canteen as a pillow. So it was. <laughs> oh, you, so you didn't even sleep on the bed? Yeah, we slept on the bed, but I'd get up in the morning early, like, you know, two o'clock or whatever, because we had a fire guard, so you're constantly being woken up anyway. And uh, I'd tighten myself up and crawl underneath my bunk so I didn't have to, you know, you could get those extra 10, 15 minutes in. Oh, I get it. Okay. Did you guys, uh, the trick we used to use in military school was we used a clipboard. You know what I'm talking about? No, no. What's that? Oh, if you use a, um, see, um, uh, if you use a clipboard to make your bed, you can get it tighter. Rather than your hands oh, right? tucking it, you just use the clipboard and you just. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And oh, so we used to just everyone like everyone in the dorm had a clipboard, and you would just basically jam the clipboard under all the sides of your bed, and it would just like fix it real quick. That's cool. Yeah, in boot camp we didn't get anything. You know, we weren't allowed to have anything except for what they issued you. So <laughs> we didn't we didn't get clipboards, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's it can be difficult. It's a painstaking process to get those hospital corners and get it you know military you know ready, so to speak. Those beds are a pain in the butt. Yeah, because what because what most people don't realize you're not allowed to have any wrinkles in the bed. Like right. Imagine making your bed and having no wrinkles in it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a pain in the ass. But so yeah, we come back. I'll just take you through a whole day here. Uh, we come back. You know, clean your room, get in uniform, uh, either wearing, we used to wear digi camo to school, or uh, they have like another, God, I forget the name, uh, it's a marine uniform, green pants, tan shirt, I forget what they call it, but you have a little green hat, uh, and then Corframs, do you know what Corframs are? Yep, yeah, the shiny. Oh, God, they're the worst, worst shoes you've ever worn. They're, it, they're <laughs> basically like plastic black shoes that don't lose their yep. shine. Uh, but if you're standing out in the sun, like your feet are basically just getting baked. Like uh, cheap patent leather, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> cheap patent leather, exactly. Uh, but the nice thing is you never have to polish them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either we wore either digi camos or I think they call them green seas, uh, the uniform to school. And, you know, you'd uh, line up for formation before class and literally like march to school. And then they would do colors in the morning. So they'd play it. You go like sit and salute the national the flag while they play the national anthem like every morning. And then after that, you go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like school is just school. Uh, that's like probably the best part of the day because it's like the least structured part of the day. Uh, and then lunch, you have to march to lunch. Uh, and there's like a, every day at lunch, there's a marching competition. If you win the marching competition, you get ice cream. <laughs> so nice. there was some incentive to win the marching competition. Um, and then you go back to school, finish school. And then after school, it was sports. So sports were pretty, pretty chill. Uh, you know, I played baseball, football. What else did I play? I think I just played. Oh, no. Yeah, I just played football and baseball. When I was in military school, we just, you know, as soon as the football season ended in South Texas, you would just start playing baseball. So we'd play baseball, I think, for like seven months, which is pretty wow. cool. Yeah, we'd start practicing and we'd just start doing scrim games. And then uh, from there, we would just 
play. And then uh, after sports, dinner, um, what do they call it? Uh, close call to quarters, which is basically like homework time. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, just depending on the night, usually after homework, you just go to bed. But, uh, oh, no, they make everyone count. That's right. After, before bed, like, everyone gets in the hall. Oh, you have to do this in the morning, too. Everyone lines up in the hall, and everyone has to count to make sure everyone's there and no one's run, run away. Uh, and then uh, you, you, everyone counts off. It's a whole pain in the ass. Uh, and then uh, bed. Uh, some people, right after homework, if they've been bad, they just go out and they do, like, they call it uh, uh, EPT, which is, like, extra physical training. But basically, you know, the punishment for bad grades or you know dicking off in uh the barracks was you just got signed up for extra physical training at the end of the day uh so 10 like, you tend to got you know then that one was usually more of you know less of like oh we're doing jumping jacks and push-ups and we're going running it was more of like you're in the sand on the side of the building you know just getting all messed up and filthy and gross that sounds horrible this whole thing sounds bad in 13 i mean i am two daughters and I, I couldn't do it i mean the fact that you know you you almost lose your identity you almost lose your ability to, to love again or, or or to to nurture or to be or to connect with people because you're turning you're, you're turning into robots you know in, in a sense yeah i mean you still have like free time and you get to hang out with everyone and you get to you know have fun but uh, and I, I would go home on every every weekend and hang out with my grandparents right. and go fishing. But, uh, I mean, there's definitely uh, everyone is the same. I mean, if you've never seen 30 kids all get all their hair shaved off, like, they all look the same. Uh, when, you, when you cut off everyone's hair, like, everyone looks kind of the same. Uh, so there's definitely, like, a loss of individuality. I mean, that's kind of, like, the way the environment is set up. Like, nobody's special. Um, and then, you know... It's actually like a really easy environment to succeed in, like as an individual, if you're if you're just like good at what you do. The like the the most challenging part about it all is like you'll start getting in trouble for what other people are doing, and like then you're you basically you get you start being you know essentially punished for things that are beyond your control, which is you know just like the most frustrating thing. That's like really why I left is you get to a certain point where you're no longer, it's no longer, like, good enough just to, like, do everything right. It's like you have to hope that everyone else is on the same page, which in that environment you're dealing with a lot of, like, juvenile delinquents who are pissing on each other's beds and, you know, throwing each other through windows, so it doesn't really work out. Yeah, it's kind of the like the one bad apple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, sometimes what they'll do, and I'm sure Ty's seen this, they take the one guy who messed up and they make him just stand and watch everybody else do a workout or something yeah mass mass punishment is like the worst thing that you can endure and getting in trouble in mass for somebody else's you know uh f up and yeah. <laughs> and they're sitting there watching everybody else go through hell yep, yeah definitely yeah sucks yeah well the pattern would be so let's say you know one dude's me messing up he's you know failing in school he's not you know doing anything right in school they would start by just punishing him and then if that wasn't working, then it would become the mass punishment. So then 
you know, what ultimately happens is not only is everybody being punished because of this one kid, but then there's, you know, then there's like the internal struggle of everyone's to now, like now everyone hates this kid. And yeah. so it just kind of like spirals out of control because then people start, you know, getting into fights because, oh, you like, why can't you get your shit together? Um, so then you start having, you know, fights, you know, between people as a result. Wow. It's a question for you, Taylor. Yeah. You know, it's something that I, I just thought about at the moment and I knew that you went to military school, but did you, before you went, did you, was this a choice that you had to make or was it just something that your parents said, you're going to military school and that's it? Uh, it was more of like, uh, my parents wanted my sister and I to go away to school to just like have more opportunity, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of education because where I grew up wasn't, I grew up in a small town in Colorado, you know, it's kind of like a ski bum town, uh, and beyond middle school, like the education system just isn't great. So the whole premise of it was going away just to get a better education. And then, uh, in term, and then the way we, I was raised, it was very much like a, uh, independent. So it wasn't, my parents weren't the type of parents to like do things for me, which I'm grateful for because there's an incredible amount of independence. But, uh, what happened was I wasn't proactive with like, Oh, I want to go to this school. So this like military school was just kind of like a default. It wasn't for like any other reason. Um, and then my grandparents lived near it. Uh, and my dad had actually gone there uh, when he was a kid in a, in a summer camp. So that's kind of like how we knew about it. Uh, but then my grandparents were down there. So like, I just went home every weekend and, uh, defaulted. It basically was just like a defaulting by not being proactive and like choosing something else. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, I did that for two years and then I switched schools. Got it. Okay. Now was your mom teaching at the time? I know because your mm -hmm. mom's a teacher. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my mom's been a preschool teacher for like, God, the better part of almost 30 years, right? 25 years. I don't know. However long my mom's been teaching preschool, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but probably at least 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So she, she was really looking out for giving you better opportunities, obviously for you and your sister. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean the whole, the whole premise and of my sister and I going away for school is just to have more opportunities and a better education. Which we got, and the was the school you went to like a typically military schools co-ed or no, no, it's all boys. Oh, that probably uh, didn't help with the emotional <laughs> disconnect <laughs> because no, not 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 in that sense. Just in the sense of I already know, like when you get a bunch of guys together, and Ty probably knows this. Nobody really wants to express their feelings and express <laughs> you know what's going on in their head, especially in. Uh, tough situations like kids getting in trouble, kid, kids going through boot camp, you know, some mental strain on them. And nobody tends to talk about it or express themselves and get that release. That's a good point because, uh, you know, in fact, I was just listening to something um, a couple of weeks ago and it was related to how uh, a lot of boys, um, even to this day, the fact of being able to express her feelings like you're, you're not really supposed to cry you know it's like that that's a sign of weakness and it's like no it isn't you know but you go to this military school and like you said 
Taylor, you know, most of these boys would cry to sleep. And it's because obviously they were dealing with emotional traumas that they didn't feel comfortable expressing. Mm. And that's that's a really difficult environment to be in. Yeah. It is a, yeah. I mean it's uh it's a challenging environment to be in, but uh you know what I learned from the experience? Well, and I had this like very interesting high school experience of I went from, you know, military school, all boys military school in South Texas, which is about as conservative as you can get to a co-ed uh, boarding school in Boston, in the suburbs of Boston, basically like one of the, you know, most well-known like prep schools in the nation. But, you know, a place where it's co-ed, you can literally like wear pajamas to school. They have, you know, LGBT club and, you know, this, that and the other after school. So it was, you know, just this kind of uh, uh, witnessing of polar opposites in terms of social interaction and, you know, expectations and what have you. But you learn what I learned in that experience. And I always you know tell this to people is like uh, in a military school or in a military environment, like your primary motivating factor is fear. And when you you start to realize that like fear as a motivating factor works like it really works but there's a limit and once you hit that limit like crazy shit starts to happen like that's when people start getting thrown through windows that's when people uh because it's stressful and you can only take like so much uh like fear-based motivation before you crack like anyone. Uh, and, and you'll see that play out not just in, you know, like a military environment, military school environment, but you'll see that play out just like in the world. If you are, if you if primary motivating factor in life is fear, whether you're the person experiencing it or you're the one dishing it out, like there is a finite level that can be endured before something breaks. Uh, and then when you cross that, that's, you know, that's when, like I said, people, what, what, It'd be weird stuff. Like people be peeing on each other's bed. It's like, so like when you have a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, from that environment, you then then you go to. I went to Milton Academy. So if you're familiar with boarding schools out there, you've heard of Milton Academy, which is basically like one of the most liberal schools you could probably ever send your kid to. Um, and you just got. I got to see this dichotomy of. You know, going from an environment that's primarily fear-based motivation to one that's, you know, more of like connection and community and interaction. And you get to see that both work, but one has a limitation and one doesn't, right? So this more compassionate and, you know, I'll say like holistic, connected, loving environment, like it also works. Like those are some of like the most intelligent, like high-performing people like being created like at schools like this and there's no limitation to that because there's no they're not they're not being driven like insane by fear that makes sense i like i'm i'm trying to see it as you're in fear you're you're heightened in terms of just all the things that could potentially go wrong. So y your anxiety creeps up. Mm -hmm. Then you change the environment to something where you can actually be able to relax and then you can think clearly or, or clearer 
and be able to interact more and build trust based out of comfort and love versus mm -hmm. fear and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I'll add on to that by saying it's like there's a difference between, you know, being in a f like that environment and like knowing what to expect versus a lot of times you don't even know what to expect. Like you you don't know what you're afraid of because there's uh there's like the volatility and the uncertainty of you know even if all your you know all your stuff's going perfect you could have you know like a 4.8 gpa you could you know never have an issue on any of your uniforms you could never have you know any issues in your room or da 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 but then like there's still the 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 wild card of like well what are the 40 other people i'm living with doing right, right. and you only have control over one one piece of that puzzle Right, which is yourself. Yeah. You know what's so interesting, Tay, is that, you know, we started this talk this morning with you saying that you don't relate to myself or the team with what we've been through and the traumatic, you know, a coma or being shot at or coming over like Laurie did here and going through what she did just to have her freedom and to bring her family over here uh, from Mexico. But, Taylor, you've been through traumatic experiences just by what you're talking about. Yeah, but, like... I don't like associate it's it all as, relative, as bro. a severe trauma. It's like, all relative. It's cumulative. It's something that's inside of you. It's relative to we yep. all go through our experiences as kids. I mean, whether or not at school, the teacher puts you in the cor corner or, or you molested as a kid or whatever it is, we all go through something as a child. And 13, that's the point in your life where, where you're heightened, you want to feel good, you're, le you're learning to to be accepting and learning to find your way and you went through some hard stuff and then th that's okay yeah yeah um yeah, every everybody has a battle whether it's small or big every it's different for everybody yes sir. but everybody's still battling mm -hmm. and you know i gotta say to you i mean your experience in in military school if I looked at you right now and said, would you send your kids to military school? Well, what's your answer? Well, no. Okay. Yeah. Because you just explained it. You, yeah. You, you, you didn't do I wouldn't send my kids there after what yeah. you just explained. Like, no, no, uh, that's no fun to me. Yeah. Well, I just, it's just not, it's not a, like, productive, healthy environment. Okay. Like, for anyone to be in. Like, uh, I mean, the Got whole it. premise is, like, they send delinquent kids there to, like, fix them. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it doesn't work. Right. And you were ripped away from your mom and dad and Telluride where you skied all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You could have been a professional skier. You had your outdoors, you, your freedom. You live on a huge piece of land. I mean, you, you can do whatever you wanted. And you were a kid. And all of a sudden, you're taken at 13 from being a kid to being treated like an adult who is made to be feel like something was wrong with their life. Lori, what do you think? No, or, I... Or I... I think what you've ex explained is actually pretty good as far as just the process of the transition that you went through, Taylor. Um, and it's tough going from being a child, having the comfort and the love to all of a sudden just it's like everything's cold. Everything is different. Every, you're thrown into an environment where it's like you have to follow everything that is done and then cross your fingers that that is good enough because, you know, somebody else could totally screw it up for you. And now there's there's all these consequences that, that, that are going to happen through and you just go, but 
I did everything right. You know, why am I getting punished? You know, it's that, that feeling. And you're still a child. A child. You're yeah. a kid. I mean, Ty, how did it go for you guys when, when you saw these kids come in at 18? And yeah, yeah. I mean, you have 17 was the youngest. 18, I was 19. I just turned 19 when boot camp started. And, you know, you see these kids that were that just came out of high school or perhaps some of them are still in high school and they're going to, to boot camp between their their uh, junior and senior year. And th- these are people who volunteered for that. Right. Like they've they've they probably felt the calling oh, or at least, you know, prepared in some way to go down this path. Right. And there's still that level of shell shock. There's still that level of like, oh, crap, what did I voluntarily get myself into? you don't even know and the only i couldn't imagine doing it at 13 or or any age involuntarily and i can i can totally understand why taylor like fell like kind of latched onto that structure because the whole thing is chaos it's a uh, you're 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 not an individual you're part of a team but you just there's so much stuff going on that you really do latch onto that that structure because that's the only thing that that makes sense that's the only thing that is consistent day to day. And you see people break down. You see people, you know, we're leaving the chow hall and they start running through the woods to, to leave, you know, and it's, it's, it's gotta be, a, it's a horribly traumatic experience. And I couldn't imagine getting into something that like that at that age without being prepared or ready for it or even wanting to be there. All right. Well, thank you for that Ty. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess I've never really like sat and thought about it much. So this has been kind of a an interesting conversation just to kind of like think through it all. Yeah, well, uh, sure. Well, I, I'll add on a little bit. And I think this is somewhere where I, th- I think, Taylor, you can really relate very well is our, our veterans. You know, like you said, um, Ty, s- uh, some of these kids are going in at 17 or 18 and remember the the word is they're still kids and mm-hmm. they go out they go through you know training they go to deployment they're put into these environments that are extremely stressful and then when they come back home they're supposed to be these adults these men and women well they left as kids you expect them to come back as adults they're still coming back as kids. And I think that that's where you, Taylor, can can really relate very closely to what those emotions, what those feelings, what, what, what our veterans are coming back to in our, in our, in our home environment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Gloria. I mean, you got to look at this, and this is a case, too. I mean, you guys are going to laugh at the, this one, but the story I got is Evan Britton. Evan was taken out of college early at 18. And went into the pr- the pros, and and he got nom he got asked he got dr- he got drafted but he had to move from Arizona, where he was a big fish in a small pond to Jacksonville, at 18. You know what he went he went to Jacksonville and he got a huge contract to go play, on the line for Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. You know what he did? He took his mom with him to Jacksonville because he didn't have a clue on what to do. <laughs> he he you're taking a boy, who's all of a sudden has the pressure. Of going to high school, playing ten years in high school with Nick Bryant, um, then goes to college and dominates, and then gets asked to be part of this elite membership in the NFL, 
and he gets and he goes to Jacksonville. And you know what he does? He ships his mom out there with him because he doesn't have a clue on how to even do anything. So I mean, it's all relatable, but everyone can look at Edmund and go, "Oh, he had it easy. He got six million. He got all those millions of dollars." But you listen to his podcast, he went through he went through hell. I mean, he, if he had to do it all over again, I'm sure he would change a couple of things. And you're no different than Evan Britton or myself or Ty Storkovich. I mean, you were taken out of your comfort zone and put somewhere. Buddy, I was the same way at 39. I didn't want to live in a hospital for six months. You know, I wanted, I wanted my independence. And what you got stripped of was your independence, your, your identity and your ability to be an independent thinker. Because you were you were robbed you weren't robbed of all that but that was the system, and it's okay it's okay to feel emotions, and it's okay to have a bad day, and that's why I think as a team here and what 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 really doing for the public, is we're bringing about hope and faith for everybody and, as what we're so good at saying this moment is going to pass, but you cannot keep the moments built up inside or you will break. And that's what most people do is they go and they get depressed. And then as we know, we go see a psychiatrist and we're given a med and we're numbed it down. But Taylor, you're doing an amazing job at 26. You stepped in the limelight. You stepped in as the co-host of this thing, bringing your knowledge, your, 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 your insight on health to help people like us, Taylor. Us, we. Not you, not me and Ty and Gloria and Nick. Um... But us, you were part of this whole thing because of what you've been through. You may not have – I don't know what you've been through at the 13, and you certainly haven't had your skull off your head because I don't see a scar, on, a, a, a scar on your head. But who cares? It's all, it's all relative. We all go through our pains. And what's good about you is that you're showing up and you're being here and you're educating your rawness. You're letting your rawness come out to the viewership and the community, which I think is just so profound. And so great. So I'm proud of you on this level. Well, thank you. So uh, is there anything else you want to share with the team? Are you upset with anybody else? Would you like anyone else to step up or do anything? Talk about it because this is what life's all about. This show is about life. And we we get into the rawness. We get in the dirt. Certainly Ty's talked about watching a friend of his get blown up to pieces. I mean, in front of him. And it's no different than what you're going through. It's all the same. So if there's anything else that, that you have, let it off your back now. I think I'm good right now. Okay. Nick, you upset with anybody here? <laughs> <laughs> mm. well, I feel like the cooldown is just going to become group therapy session. You know, hey, you know <laughs> what? <laughs> Someone out there is going to listen to us and go, you know what? I can relate. That's what this show is all about is getting related. Laura, you said it best. We're not about telling these crazy stories about, you know, not and not, not coming. We're about getting related to people because everybody goes through something. Yeah, and we talk about. Very true. I mean, I will just re-emphasize, yeah. you know, the point and really like my takeaway from my like interesting high school experience is that like you cannot make progress if you're living in fear. Mm-hmm. Like there's a finite amount of progress you can make in that environment, and if you don't shift or you don't get out in the, that environment, like there's no like there's a ceiling on you mm. and i think that it's like you're all this like new age bullshit of like like uh like oh everything is love and you just need to find love in your life but it's like everyone says that shit and like it just sounds like such fluff but like to me really what it's about is it's about bringing yourself out of stress 
And it just so happens that, you know, when you bring yourself out of stress, like it tends to be a, like a little bit more loving, compassionate, like environment. But I think, you know, the message is missed when you don't, you know, come from the understanding of it. it's like, uh, there is a limitation to what you can do in a stressful environment. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's more of the game than of just like, a, oh, like if we just loved each other more, like everything would work out. It's like, it's not really how it works. It's to me, it's more about, you know, bringing the body out of stress um, because you can't accomplish anything if you're stressed out. And you're, you're, you're going to allow it to let go. You're letting go of everything. You're, you're going to release. It's purging because you can't get out of, you can't love yourself unless you go deep down into the roots and the bowels in your basement, in the darkness, and face your fears. And that's what I think what, what everyone here is, gonna, is doing, and it's no fun. Ty, is it fun? No. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's part of what you're doing, but, but you've, I want you to know that, that, that you, you were the catalyst to this conversation. By coming in this morning going, hey, I'm pissed off. I'm disconnected. And you know what? I'm glad you are because you're human and we all go through stuff. But there's no way, there's no reason why you can't let go of some of it. Because I think what, what, what you teach, your breathing techniques, your meditation, your yoga, your, the, the way we eat, all that's great. But if you're suppressing all your, all, all your shit, none of that's going to work. Uh, well, it comes down to creating the ability to shift. And it's, it, it's that perspective. So, for example, if you cannot be spending time with your own self-thoughts, then you run to meet people, groups. Your, your, your life gets really busy. The opposite can happen where you may be in all these groups, but you need to or you desire to want to be just by yourself, so you want to hide out. Well, you have to be able to, one, be aware of what your feeling is, what's going on, and create a shift. And that's what, Taylor, your perspective, what you're bringing out to the audience, and that's what this show is doing, is we're, we're providing those avenues of just saying, hey, look at it this way. You know, here's something for you. you know, just... Apply it to your own life in whatever way it may and create a shift. Yeah, I think what you touched on there that's really important that I'm going to pick out of that is just the the idea of awareness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to create that shift, like the most essential thing to invest in is awareness because you can't change something you don't know exists. Correct. Mm-hmm. And surrender. And to let go. I think the big thing is just surrender and... Surrender let to go, what? Let, let, let go of all of it. Just let go of whatever you're feeling and to talk about it. Let it let it out. Because you can go into breath work and you can meditate and you can do your yogas and you can do all your different things. Go find the nature and hug a tree. But if you don't let out what's going on in society, however you got to figure that out, it will... Build up, it will cause it. Will you will self-induce your own pain and you'll self-induce your own disease, which is just disease. I think what you're trying to touch on, Sean, is acceptance. Of course, mm-hmm. I get that. I'm the king of not accepting who I am. Yeah, yeah, no, and in the way that I look at it is, yes, we want to be able to have the awareness so that then we know, okay, so what choices do we now have based off of 
this awareness, which then is going to lead us to then take action. Mm -hmm. But it begins, like you said, Taylor, with the awareness. I love what you just said, too. And, and then you're right. You said something about, hey, we're so busy. We get caught up in the rut of being busy that we don't, we don't pay attention to our own hearts. And um, Ty and I just spoke a bit about this, but we can fix the brain, but you can't fix someone's heart because uh, you just can't. You can fix, you can fix, I think we can help people with p PTSD, with the drama, wi with the, um, the loss of something, but you can't change the hearts. And I think everybody who's on the show, this team, all have a huge heart. And we're all going to get in funk, so we're all going to have a bad moment, and we're all going to yell and scream. And we expect all that, and that's human. And you're allowed to have a bad day. You know? It j it's okay. But we're also here to help each other. Plus, too, Taylor, do you want to share about wh where you're going to be going this this w this uh, week? Oh, yeah, we're going to the rela the Relationship Warrior course this week. Uh, what Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yes, three sir. day. Mm -hmm. Brett Jones and Brett and Marie Jones are coming to LA to host their workshop, and I guess if you're listening to this, it's already happened. <laughs> but but there's uh, more of them. but there's always more. And if you haven't listened to either their podcast or the podcast with Mark and Michelle Landau, uh, go listen to those because those will give you uh, a deeper insight into kind of what the course is and what it's helping you know people to do and i can't speak from yeah. experience yet but i'm um, going in this weekend because uh you, you just gotta i don't know to me right. like it's you just gotta keep you know putting yourself in situations that force you to grow exactly and i've been through it i'm going back again but it's a relationship with yourself it's mm -hmm. finding acceptance with who you are and that's why i'm going back again because i know i need that and i need to keep learning a bit and keep figuring out and keep getting my reps in because mm -hmm. if I don't, I'll never change. I'll never shift or transform. And that's the whole key to all this and is shifting and transforming and being better. And um, I'm proud of you for even stepping up to wanting to do it because it's not for everybody. Nobody wants to face their s themselves head on. Nobody wants to look at themselves in the mirror and go, oh, look at that thing. But And everyone gets so caught up on their flaws. But, but what I keep saying you find your imperfections to be perfect for who you are at that moment in time. Because you guys taught me that. And that's one of the hardest things I'm looking to realize. You know, whether it's my speech or whether it's my arm, my, my foot, my leg. Nick, you've been there with me for years. You've seen me go through so much stuff. And Gloria, I mean, and Taylor now too. That It's not easy to dealing with a guy like myself, a gimp is what I'd, we call it. But I'd make fun of it because it's okay to be called that. Because I don't believe I believe I'm, I'm, imp I'm improving as that person. Yeah, you you definitely are improving, and what uh, I do, what helps you out, I believe, is that you're honest with yourself. Like you never, you never uh, try to like uh, downplay yourself. You know what's going on. You know what your situation is, and you know where the end line, where you're trying to go. And so you just uh, you uh, just stay honest with yourself, and you never lie to yourself, and you always show up and go to your therapies and go to your workouts and whatever other modalities you use to help try to 
kill yourself. You're always pushing forward. Well, thank you, Nick. And I'll say this too. I'm, I do it because I'm accountable to this team and because you guys caused me to show up. And that's why I think most people out there in life don't have a team and they don't have a system. And that's why we're building our show because we're having a community of people who tune in to say, hey, I'm, I feel more like Taylor. I feel more like Coach. I feel like more like Nick. I feel more like Ty. I can relate to Shawnee. And this is a community that, that we're building. It's in small stages. We just started. But, I mean, look at look what we've done. Look what we've accomplished in only four months right now. Look where we're going to be within a year or two. And it's going to grow. It's going to develop. It's going to reorganize. And our voice will constantly be shifting. I believe so. Amen. Okay, as we, we're at like 45 minutes here, so let's wrap this up. Anybody got last words? Any words of wisdom to drop on everyone? I love all you guys. That's no. me. Be vulnerable. Mm. Yes, indeed. Nikki? Love you, Taylor. Yeah. All I got to say is, you know, love thy neighbor like you love yourself. You know, <laughs> treat everybody uh, like you want to be treated. I got I got one and this was I had a good conversation with a friend on the phone the other day and I think she was talking about Will Smith and I think Will Smith he says I I only have a plan A. Mm. And I think that it's simple this is a simple statement but it's very you know powerful in that if you only have one plan it forces you to you know grow in that direction. And if you give yourself options you're basically you're giving yourself like a like a fallback or a you know oh okay and you know this one's okay too but i like will smith's idea of you know just have one plan and commit to it and you know be willing to endure the process that happens as a result of that mm-hmm. i like that and Same. shift with it that's right all right love you guys till next time cool all right bye bye